Wasting no time with these hoes. Let's no finesse Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Being Technical Podcast. Once again, I'm your host, Aaron Bien, where I'm just being honest. I appreciate y'all for tuning back in with me. Uh, whatever platform you are listening to me on, once again, I do not care as long as you're listening. Once again, I can be you can stream me on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, even Overcast, and even straight from the Anchor app. Once, whatever you are, keep giving me love, keep giving me shout outs. I appreciate all the support I'm getting from anybody, from everyone. Once again, also a big shout out to my bro Master. Uh, he was on my last episode. Uh, it was cool catching up with him. Also, you know, picking his brain and kind of getting the, uh, you know, figuring out his path to where he got today. For y'all, if you haven't checked that out, once again, you can check you can uh, check on my last episode on either Spotify or Apple Podcast. For those, uh, if you haven't if you haven't been keeping up with his show, Untold Stories. And you can stream that on the Bleacher Report app, or you can even go straight to his uh, you, the Twitter or his Instagram to, uh, to follow up with that. I know he's got some uh, couple episodes coming up, some big episodes, so tune into that. Also, let's talk about how about my Vikings three game winning streak? They're looking good so far, beating the Giants, beat the Eagles, now beat the Lions, and and all and all that winning. Kirk Cousins. Has been balling out since he was called out by Thielen or whatever, Diggs or whatever. Seemed like three weeks ago, this team looked like a mess. It looked like the season was going down the drain. He was, Cousins was getting ridiculed on every single sports network you could possibly think of. Some even suggested they should get trade him for whatever, cut him. And three weeks later, now we're sitting at five and two. Kirk Cousins playing the best football arguably of his career. Threw 10 touchdowns, one interception in the last three games. That one interception wasn't even his fault. So, looks like they turned it around. They got Washington next. So, this looked like they they, they turned out in the season pretty quickly. It's, it's crazy how, you know, everything can turn around in, in less than a month. And what also I noticed is, where did all the, 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 the Kirk Cousins slander go? Where, where, where are all them haters at? Where are all those people that said we should trade him? Oh, he's not good. Oh, he's he's a bust. He's this and that. Where are you guys at now? Now all of a sudden we're praising Kirk Cousins. Oh, I keep seeing this on Twitter. It's, oh, I love Kirk Cousins. Oh, he's oh, his MVP, Kirk Cousins. Nah, y'all should have been keeping that same energy y'all showed three weeks ago when y'all was bashing my mans and... Y'all was saying we should trade him and we should tank for Tua or tank for Trevor Lawrence or whatever this nonsense y'all was bringing up on the internet. Where did all that go all of a sudden? So I stuck with, with him, all right? I didn't give up. I knew it wasn't, he did struggle a couple games, but it wasn't on, It wasn't all on him. It wasn't only, I mean, he, did, he still could have played better, but still it was not all on him. Also, you also got to give a shout out to Step Kevin Stefanski and Gary Kubiak. They finally got they finally got a game plan that worked for Cousins. And when you put a game plan that suits your quarterback, you have some balance, which I was preaching my last couple episodes. Now look, 
how good Kirk Cousins has been playing. Did you notice he has 114.3 passer, uh, passer rating in the NFL? That's the best in the NFL. That for all those that didn't know, Kirk Cousins, for even those bad games, he has the highest quarterback rating in the NFL. So you take that. Yeah, Kirk, we like that. So for all those you like that, keep it up. And he's got his former team. And with even him playing all this great football, guess who comes to town? His former team, Washington Redskins. I know he's all been on TV saying, oh, he's grateful and he's glad they drafted him and this yitty yaddy, whatever. I know he's a nice guy, but deep down, he wants to rip them in half. He wants to shred them a new one. He wants to let them know. He wants to stick it to them and let them know they made a bad choice. And in my opinion, I think that the Redskins made a mistake not signing Kirk Cousins because... What they're one and six now. They've been through like four quarterbacks since Kirk Cousins. I get it. He's not he's not Mahomes. He's not Russell Wilson. He's not those elite quarterbacks, but he brings stability. And he's gonna show y'all why y'all regret uh, not keeping him. That this will just make it that much better for Kirk Cousins. But obviously it's still still early. We're, we're sitting right now, we're 5-2, and two, but, or, you know, we're, we're, it's still early. He still has a lot to prove. The jury is still out on Cousins. He still has to show us he can win in prime time. He still got to show us he can continuously keep this game up and win against the winning teams and show he can do this late in the season. But so far, he's impressed us. As long as Kevin Stefanski can keep this game plan going and keep the balance on offense, work to his strong suit, I can, I can see him... Con- Keeping this performance up. And going back to that Lions game, that was one game where I noticed he didn't play with a lead. Usually all the games he plays with a big lead and all he has to do is maintain it. That game was close with the Lions. It was back and forth, losing Thielen early. It showed me that at least Cousins was showing improvement, showing that he can finally make that big throw when the game is tight, when the Vikings need him to make make a play, when the defense isn't always gonna bail you out, even when they when even when they don't have it, Cousins showed with that deep ball throw to Stephon Diggs on sec, second and six, showing he can make that throw and put a game away. Just going back and forth with Matthew Stafford, that showed a lot. He won me over with that performance. I think that was the key game that might even turn around his career with the Vikings. And just not with the Vikings, but just overall. I think that was the turning point of his career was that game going. Even when he had to be asked to get into a shootout, was he going to play up tight? Would he be able to throw the ball in tight windows when players aren't always open? Just seeing him make, though, that big throw on second and six, instead of being conservative, that I thought the Vikings were going to do. They were going to try to – it was like a five-point game. I thought maybe – Oh, they're probably going to run the ball, cook four times, make them milk their cl- milk the clock, and hopefully the Vikings defense will make a stop and win the game. Nope, that's not what they did. They went first; they didn't run, and then they hit him with a play action second and six, threw a bomb to Stephon Diggs, essentially, and then scoring on that drive to end the game. That right there had me on the edge of my seat. I was like, this. 
This is what I wanted to see. So good job on that one. But I think at least so far, Kirk Cousins should at least be in the MVP conversation if he keeps his performance up. I know obviously also Dalvin Cook should also be in that conversation because he has been on fire this season. That guy's been a straight baller. So those at least Cousins and Cook should be in the MVP conversation. But when you look at those three games, sure, they beat the Giants, they beat the Lions, and they beat the Eagles. Everyone says, oh, they should win those games. But looking back so far in the season, comparing, usually when you, you, know, you turn on a, a, a network, you know, whatever channel you're watching, when they talk about a team, when, when they talk about a quarterback, who do they always rave about? If it's not Mahomes, it's Aaron Rodgers. Oh, Aaron Rodgers is this transcending quarterback. Oh, my God, he's the MVP. He's carrying the Green Bay Packers on his back. Oh, he's back. He still got it. He's showing you he's the best quarterback in the NFL. But when you really look into it, looking at it as an unbiased you know, fan, look, you know, obviously the, the, the news networks are going to, oh, my, they are so biased and their Aaron Rodgers coverage is disgusting it is ridiculous how much they ride Aaron Rodgers and how much they just praise him and kiss the floor he walks on so you know I like to bring out numbers and facts also if you not know if you've noticed but let's let's compare Cousins and Rodgers this year uh, if we want to talk about oh Cousins he's, he's, he's okay so far and, oh, let's compare him with Rodgers. So far, was it through seven games we're at so far or through seven or eight games? Rodgers' stats so far, he has a 64.8% completion percentage. He's got 2,019 passing yards, 13 touchdowns, and two interceptions. For all that who and hot and they do and, oh, he's the MVP, he's the front runner, those are his numbers. Kirk Cousins' numbers so far this year. 69.8% completion percentage, 1,712 passing yards, 13 touchdowns, and three interceptions. And remember, in a couple of those games, Kirk Cousins didn't even throw the ball, especially Atlanta and especially Oakland. Well, Atlanta threw, what, eight passes for 98 yards. And he's still right there with Aaron Rodgers. But yet Aaron Rodgers always gets all the love on TV, all the coverage, obviously because he's Aaron Rodgers. He's a future Hall of Famer. He's had, you know, he, basically he has his, what he's accomplished in the past is basically is what he's living off so far. But really, he hasn't played that well either uh, to start the season. I know Cousins struggled a little bit, but it, it's not like Aaron Rodgers has been blowing everyone's socks off. I mean, he's only had two good games. He had one good game against Philly, and he had one good game against Oakland. But he gets a pass because Green Bay somehow keeps winning, and we lost two games. And so that one game where... You know, they won, and well, his team basically bailed him out, and Cousins lost. Oh, that that makes Aaron Rodgers the front runner of the MVP. It's just like, how? How is it that Rodgers gets to be the front runner of the MVP race over Cousins when they almost have the identical stats? They basically have beaten the same teams. Aaron Rodgers, was, matter of fact, Cousins should have 14 touchdown pass because he got one rob taken away from him against the Packers. Against uh, week two, when they the referees decided to take a touchdown pass away from Stephon Diggs on some phantom pick play, whatever, 
And that ended up somehow they didn't even call a flag on the play, and they took that touchdown away, and that cost ah that that basically won them the game because that play was a touchdown. Cousins maybe wasn't even forced to throw that ball through that pick in the fourth quarter. We could have been tied, and they could have just ran out the clock and kicked the field goal. They were bailed out there, and it's not like Aaron Rodgers played well that game either. Let's not forget. And Aaron Rodgers lights up. How is Aaron Rodgers? You know, I was listening. I'm watching. Aaron Rodgers lights up the Eagles for 422 yards, two touchdowns. It's like, oh, my God. Aaron Rodgers is back. Oh, you see that throw. You see this. You see that. And then he throws a, uh, um, a pick in to end the game, and, oh, nobody says anything. Oh, the Eagles made a great play. And they, 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 they can gloat about Aaron Rodgers and that, but when Kirk Cousins lights up the Philadelphia Eagles, for four touchdowns and 330-plus passing yards, oh, he's supposed to do that against the Philadelphia Eagles. They're a bad defense. So how is it Aaron, Aaron Rodgers gets praised for lighting up that same Eagles defense, but when, Aaron, when Aaron Kirk Cousins does it, oh, he's, oh he's, it's a bad defense. Oh, he's a bad man when, it was fit, when he did to Philly in a losing effort. But when Cousins lights him up, oh, he's supposed to. That's a bad, pathetic secondary. He better take, take them apart. And then when he light, also when Rodgers lights up Oakland, the Raiders, when he has his first 158.3 completion percentage, whatever, he threw five, six touchdowns. Oh, Aaron Rodgers is back. You see them throws. He lit up all pieces, this and that. But when Cousins beats the Raiders, oh, you're supposed to beat Oakland. They're a bad team. You're supposed to win that game at home. You see the, the difference in the narrative when, when, when Cousins beats these teams and Aaron Rodgers? And oh, by the way, Aaron Rodgers, he needed the refs to save him against the Detroit Lions, too. Phantom, hands-to-the-face call against the Packers, in which they gave Aaron Rodgers extra possession to throw a touchdown and end the game. Oh, my God, did you see Aaron Rodgers will the Packers back to victory against the Detroit Lions? But he gets that praise even though the refs gave them that game. The refs essentially have won that Packers two games. But, oh, he willed him to victory and beat the Detroit Lions, and he was without Devontae Adams. But when Kirk Cousins beats the Detroit Lions, and Adam Thielen was also hurt, he missed the game. He, he got hurt on the first quarter. So let's remember, he, was only, he only had one catch, 25, he, 25 yards. He had a nice little touchdown catch. But he missed all, basically that whole game where he put up 42 points. Oh, but when he lights up the Detroit Lions on the road, Oh yeah, it's it's he did okay. Yeah, Detroit, their secondary's iffy. They're missing some guys. Blah 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 blah. Even though that same Detroit team had Green Bay beat, they picked off Aaron Rodgers. But since it was Cousins that did it against them, oh, they're gonna find a reason to nitpick and not give him the credit that he deserves. But Aaron Rodgers does it. Oh, he's a bad man. He light him up. But when Kirk Cousins lights up the Giants and the Raiders and the Eagles and Lions, he gets no credit for it. But Aaron Rodgers can do that same performance. Oh, he's a bad man. I think he's my front runner for the MVP. This biasness needs, it's sickening. Because essentially, if the Packers aren't bailed out in two of those games, the refs didn't bail them out, they might be four and three right now. But oh, we can't, and you can't push that narrative of Aaron Rodgers down people's throat when they're four and three. But since they got bailed out and now they're six and one, you can. Basically say, oh, Aaron Rodgers has got it back. He's the bad man that he is. He's the MVP. But only time will tell because Rodgers and Cousins essentially have the same stats. 
But we're not going to acknowledge Kirk Cousins because he had a couple blunders. One was against Chicago. But let's not forget, Aaron Rodgers only scored 10 points against that Green that Chicago Bears defense on the road. So we scored six. Granted, they only scored 10 points against that same defense. But, oh, Aaron Rodgers' defense bailed him out, and he just made just enough plays and why not, yada, yada, yada. But since we lost, they're going to give Aaron Rodgers a nod, even though he only scored 10. He only scored four more points than the Vikings. We still both had one touchdown on offense, just like they did, but they were lucky enough to get a field goal. They... They were fortunate enough to play Mitchell Trubisky while we had to play Chase Daniels, a guy we didn't even prepare for, and he was had just enough made enough plays to beat us. And they're going to get Matt Moore on Sunday night, and we're going to get the courtesy of getting Patrick Mahomes because it looks like he's been practicing. He might come back against us, and that's going to be our luck. And that's essentially how Aaron Rodgers is going to win the MVP because he keeps somehow getting everything work out his way. But... To say that Rodgers is playing so much better than Kirk Cousins is blasphemy because Kirk Cousins is so far this year is playing just as good as Aaron Rodgers and he deserves his praise. And if he keeps keeps playing the way he has been playing the last three games, I can assure you, Kirk Cousins... They you will find they will they will ha, they will be forced to acknowledge you because even even playing they still have been like ah I don't trust Kirk Cousins and rightfully so but you keep putting these performances up Cousins don't worry don't worry Cousins they got they go, they're gonna be forced to talk about you so keep it up player don't worry I got your back I've been your number one of your biggest supporters I got your back <laughs> also anyways switching gears the NBA season finally started and it's like the most exciting part of the NBA season. Uh, up until All-Star break because everyone's excited. Uh, the beginning of the season, NBA's back. Oh, everyone's talking about the NBA. Uh, and then after that, everyone's going to stop talking about the NBA until after February when football is over. And then that's when the NBA gets exciting because they play like 82 games. But since it's opening weekend and uh, we're going to overreact over one week, uh, and that's exactly what I'm going to do because that's what we normally do every year. So... NBA season started off, and we had a marquee matchup so far. The L.A. Clippers played the L.A. Lakers to start the season. LeBron James versus Kawhi Leonard, the new kings of L.A. Uh, It felt like a playoff game, to be honest. It was intense. Uh, They had Kawhi uh, speaking to the crowd, and then you had LeBron going, oh, let's go. It was like, oh, my God, this game could, could mean something. But in reality, it's only you know game one of eighty one other games. But still, we're gonna re- we're gonna we're gonna be like, oh my god, this is a playoff game. We can tell what kind of teams these are because this is what we do in sports. We overreact. Anyways, after watching that game, I noticed I got a couple. You know, I watched the game. You know, I started getting you know watched the games here and there, and I started noticing. I was like, I noticed some trends. Let's not forget. So far, L. A. is still Laker town. Because they've hung 16 championships in that city. But Clippers, y'all getting close. Y'all getting close because so far I like what y'all did so far. Gotten Paul George. Got a nice solid roster that might compete for a, champ- compete for a championship this year. You might because L.A. cares about winners. And that's one thing L.A. cares about is winners and their beach. So if you ain't winning, they don't care about you. And the Lakers have hung 16 banners and they've had all the greats play for them. They're Lakers town for now, but some observations I noticed, man, Kawhi Leonard 
looks like the best player in the NBA. I mean, he's unstoppable. He's got a, a unstoppable mid-range that he can make at any time he wants. Like, as soon as he gets to that mid-range, it's just money. He's buckets every time. And then also he can lock you up on defense. He, to my opinion, watching that game, I think he stole the spotlight from LeBron James. Because he was going in there. Just think, this is Kawhi. He's just a different dude. And that's why I think people have a hard time kind of clinging on to him, kind of like, you know, saying, hey, you're the, you know, we're giving you the mantle, best player in the NBA, just because he's so, so quiet. The man wears new balances and went and played for the Clippers. Like, when you go to LA, you don't go play for the Clippers. Like, you go to the Lakers. If you're the best player, when you think of the best players, like Shaq, Kobe, like LeBron, when they went to LA, they went to the Lakers. And then when you, Kawhi Leonard went played for the Clippers, it's just, he's just an odd dude. But just to see a player of his caliber go play to the Clippers and compete in the same building with LeBron James and the Lakers shows he is built differently. Like, honestly, in my opinion, I think Kawhi Leonard is the best basketball player in the NBA, and it's not even close. Just I know it's game one, but I just did not like what I saw from LeBron. I mean, Kawhi Leonard was 30. He had 30 points, and LeBron James had 18 points on 7 of 19 shooting. He just didn't look that good. I know earlier on, you know, he, he was playing off adrenaline. It was, week, you know, opening day. Started playing bully ball, started going to the cup, made a nice little fadeaway on Kawhi Leonard. But after that, he kind of faded away. He was just atrocious. I never would watch a game where LeBron would have more shots than he would points. He is normally the most efficient basketball player the game has ever seen. And to see him struggle like that, shooting the, shooting the ball, was astonishing. And to be honest... The, the Clippers are just a better team than the Lakers from top to bottom. Beside, I know everyone was gloating on the Lakers. Oh, they were the new team. The Lakers are back. They gave up all those assets for AD. They added, they have Rondo. They added, a, uh, you know, they got Danny Green. And even Danny Green, he had, he had himself a great game. Dude had like 28, 28 points or something like that. He was like 7 from 9 from the three-point line. He was on fire. But... The rest of the team just was uh, very underwhelming. Just you could just tell the the Clippers dominated that team and dominated the Lakers at every aspect of the game. And just by observing LeBron, it just it's sad to see that he looks like a player that's going into his seventh season in the NBA. He just seemed he just didn't seem even though he's still an athletic freak, he just didn't seem to have the same athleticism to keep up with Kawhi. He didn't seem to have that same that same just burst to him. He seemed kind of lethargic at times. He struggled to shoot the ball. He was struggling with Kawhi Leonard, and the game just looked look the game just looked easy for Kawhi Leonard. To even top it up, they don't even have Paul George yet. He's coming back from his labrum surgery, shoulder labrum surgery. They get him back in November, and for them to dominate the Lakers like that without Paul George shows. They're just that much better than the Lakers. I honestly don't see this Lakers team as a championship contender. I just, they just, I don't know how, I don't know if LeBron's going to be able to make it through the season. Even Anthony Davis, where was he, to be honest? Is hot, for how many assets they gave him? How many, how many picks and assets they gave up to get Anthony Davis and all you can give him is two points in the, in the fourth quarter? I know it was week one, but two points? Anthony Davis? Honestly, 
the jury should still be out on Anthony Davis because as I know he's a dominant player. He's one of the top 10 basketball players, but I just don't see him as an impact player that will, you know, just put you over the top and make you a championship contender. He also has injury issues. Is he going to be able to last and play all 82 games? Like the Lakers can't afford to lose games early because this West is so stacked. You find yourself as a fifth seed, a sixth seed, you can be in trouble quick. So honestly, the Lakers can't be giving up games this early. That's a game they should have won. It was in the Staples Center, even though it was technically a Clippers home game. It was really a Lakers home game because the Staples Center is Lakers building, and you probably had more fans in attendance than the Clippers did. But what I noticed, the the Clippers look like a true title contender and not the La- and not the Lakers. I'm sorry. There's a new there's new kings in in LA. That's Kawhi Leonard. He's a new king in LA. Just watching the Clippers, they're just deeper than the Lakers. They're more physical than the Lakers. They got more depth than the Lakers. They just have more dogs in their lineup. You got Pat Beverly, you got Lou Will, Montrell Har- Harrell. And they also they still going to have PG. They just are you can just tell Watching Pat Beverly just constantly just harassing them, constantly, constantly. You can just tell they want to destroy the Lakers every opportunity they get. They want to take, they want to rip their soul out. They want to let them know. They want to be the new bullies in town. They want to let them know, now, this is our building now. This is our city now. This is not your city anymore, Lakers. And I feel bad for them. And to be honest, I'm tired of hearing about LeBron and AD and all the Bron sexuals. His old Bron's back. He gonna bring a championship to LA. He came to LA to win. He came to do this. We did championships. We got AD. We did all of that. They were making all the most noise this offseason. You had AD complaining, wanting to get traded in New Orleans. They were making little pieces. They made they, they did all that yipping and yapping. And what did the Clippers do? They moved silently. They let the Lakers do all the talking. They went and got quiet quietly. They went and got PG just quietly. And they were just just letting the Lakers do all the talking where they were like, don't worry. We see y'all. We still building over here. And to be honest, the Clippers, they're just a better team. They have better coaching. They have Doc Rivers, who's honestly a top five basketball coach in the NBA. He's a champion. And then their staff, they also have another NBA championship winning coach, Ty Lue on his staff. And I, I noticed I was watching the game. He he left um, a Rich Paul uh, hanging. We tried to dap him up. And I I don't know. I, people said they was joking, but I low-key think Ty Lue has some animosity toward Rich Paul. Just just because he was always around LeBron James in his days in Cleveland and just sees how the way Rich Paul moved. I, I can sense he's got some animosity toward, toward Rich Paul. I like the guy Rich Paul, you know, I, he, for what he does. For players, he promotes player, you know, controlment. Uh, you know, he's just dude came from nothing. LeBron's best friend. He just built this, you know, empire in the sports agency industry. When you're just noticing, you know, when you notice the same kind of agents, and you have a guy like him, who, who kind of lets the players control their own, you know, their careers and their destiny. Big shout out to Rich Paul, but. I can tell when they they exchanged in half you know, during the game. I think, I think was it on the sideline before the game started. He left him hanging. I was like, that was more of a I'm joking, but I'm not really joking. That's more of some animosity. So that's something I noticed. But honestly, I don't know. Just for some reason, it just didn't seem like I don't think LeBron's fully locked in like he used to be. I just think he's 
since he moved to LA, he's just been more focused on things outside of basketball. He just seems like a guy that's on his last leg. He just, I mean, he's got Space Jam now. He's got the Nike money. He got his TV show, you know, an HBO to shop. He's got, and he was dealing with that China controversy and all this and that. He had so much attention kind of just focusing on other things that he didn't get, he didn't have his mind focused on the opening night. I don't know. I know it's just week one. I know it's just the game one of the season, but I think the Clippers made a statement and I, and we noticed some very alarming things with the Lakers. So far, I just don't know if they'd be able to hang with, with the Clippers and all the greats in the West. I think beside AD and, and LeBron James, what more do they really have? They, they well, they have a, their head coach is Frank Vogel. They have a coach that's really not the coach. Like it's LeBron, and it's not a coach they really wanted. So you're playing for a coach you don't really care about, and you your best two player, your best players in 17th season in his career. You brought in an injury prone superstar. You don't really have much depth behind that. Beside you, you got Danny Green, maybe Rajon Rondo. Caldwell Pope, where was he at? They gave him all that money. What did he do? Where was he in the game? Did he even play? I don't even know if he played. They got McGee, the Dwight. I don't know. Beside that, what, what did they even? Have? The Lakers even have? And so for everyone to say that they were title contenders, honestly, I don't know. So far, what I saw, I see the new. There's a new king in the building in LA it's the Clippers they're gonna be a force to be reckoned with and then the scary part about it is Kawhi and Paul George are still really young and that's a really young team so the Lakers Laker Nation bronze sexuals you guys have a long season to if that's what we're gonna get it's gonna be a long season for y'all Especially when you have to see the Western Conference Finals have to go through the clip. I know it's go have to see the Clippers playing there while you're at home. Woo-wee. Well, anyway, ah, that's my spiel. Whatever. That's that's my opinion. Obviously, you know we overreact. We're already gonna we're already gonna deem the Lakers done for. And you know they'll probably reel off 10, 15 straight wins, and we're gonna go right back to oh my god, the Lakers are they not gonna win the finals and this and that? So whatever, you know. Technical foul, Wallace. He's gone. Oh, you wasn't feeling that? That's you. What I was just making that up. Nah, you know. Oh, dog. Okay, yeah. You a bronze sexual too? I see. Okay. Anyways, now whatever. Yeah, whatever. Anyways, thank you for tuning in. To the Being Technical Podcast. Uh, appreciate y'all for listening. It's again, you can stream me on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Overcast, and even straight from the Anchor app. Just another Bronze Sexual. Yeah, I'm leaving. Yeah, forget you. Yeah, you know he's done. Yeah, whatever.